Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are going through the book of Romans. We are now in Romans chapter 14. And these are the exhortations for believers how to how we should conduct ourselves and please the Lord. And I'm going to go through this Romans chapter 14 and just stop at some key points and put in some other comments that is to help us. Chapter 14 of the book of Romans. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Now, that first verse, Apostle Paul is addressing we believers in the church. He says, if somebody is weak in faith, that is, we, because every time we are believers, some have been in the, in the faith for several years, some are newcomers in the faith, they have just been born again, and they are now reading their Bible, so they need to be, to be trained, to be educated in the Word of God. And because we are when we are born to the household of faith, we are just like babies. We need milk. And then as we grow, as we grow up in faith, we begin to understand the precepts of God and the ways of God. And that is what he's talking about. That some are still weak because they are still babies. They are just born, newborn babies. They need to be instructed properly. He said, but receive them. That's what he's saying in this verse 1. But not to doubtful disputation. Now, you see, why is he saying doubtful? Many times, you see, people, people, we have to remember, people come into Christ at physical different ages, different ages. Somebody can come to Christ born again when they are just teenagers in life, they are just, they are real teenagers, or they can be 70 year old when they come to Christ. They could have lived all their lives in sin, doing whatever they like, just uh, stepping on anybody's toes, and just to climb the ladder of prosperity. They could be 50 years old when they finally realize they were sinners and they come to Christ and they become a newborn babe in Christ. They could be 50 years old and be a newborn babe in Christ. But you see, the problem in the church is people forget that. That as long as they are just freshly come to Christ, they are still newborn babes. They need to be taught the precepts of the fundamental principle of the way of life of God. They don't automatically know it and can do it immediately. They have to go through this milk stage of being taught. But it's in the body of Christ, many people look at those big name people that just come to Christ as, oh, he was a, he was a professor in the college. And so they put him on to make decisions in the church. When they have not lived, just, they have not even grown in faith. See, that's the mistake many groups make, many churches make. The body of Christ make that mistake all the time. They they superimpose the position of these people or their age in physical life on their responsibility and, and put that and use that to put their responsibility upon them in the church, forgetting that they have just been freshly born again. And that is what Apostle Paul is addressing in some of his letters. That when they want to choose somebody to be a deacon or want to choose someone to be a, a, a shepherd or what you call a, a bishop, you call it the word bishop was used in the New Testament, but he's actually talking of pastor or elder, someone that's going to be in charge. He said, don't don't pick up a novice. A novice is somebody that just come in, a, new, a newcomer. A newcomer in the faith. Don't just pick up a newcomer just because he is well respected in the society. He was a former mayor, he was a, he was a big name professor in the college, or he was a great well-known musician in the world play music of a, uh, a great artist. Now he comes to Christ now they want to put him in the position as a great artist that uh, that now become Christ. And it's no it's now preaching. Just three months in faith, it's now preaching to everybody as if he knows what Christ he said they are novice when it comes to the things of the Lord. 
So you don't just put them in in rulership position in the midst of the church. They still need to be taught as babes in Christ. So that has to be properly properly administrated. So that is what we are talking about. He said, but not to doubtful dispute. You know, receive them as weak, as newcomer babes. But don't put them in things that will become uh, doubtful. Should they be in this position? Should they be not be in this position? Because you might be stepping upon those that have been in the faith for a while, even though they are not in a great uh, physical uh, rulership position in the world. They are not professors. They are not uh, uh, rulers. They are not mayors. They are not uh, senators. But they have been in the faith, knowing the law, the law of God, following the Lord Jesus Christ for many years. And now here comes a newcomer because he was formerly a big man in the world. Now they suddenly make him to be controlling this congregation of people. You'll be making some mistakes because they, you can't make babes to suddenly be ruling over those who are adults in the faith. And that has been the situation in the body of Christ. Because people are judging according to their eyesight, not according to the Spirit of God. They judge according to the eyesight. What is eyesight? This is how it was in the world. This man is well known. And now he became a Christian, now they make him to be in charge. No, that's not what God is saying. God is saying we should know that they are still weak in faith. Now he's using, the, I'm just, just throwing that one in, in for verse one, more like my explanation of things. But when you go, you, you say, what is he really talking about? He's going to begin to bring it to food, meat and eating this and eating that that is going on in the in the midst in that generation. Verse 2 of Revelation chapter 14 said, for one believer that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Now he's talking about what people eat, what they shouldn't eat, that is going on in their generation, which is what they were really dealing with in that uh, time frame. So let not him that eateth, despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. Take, for example, in the, in the midst of believers, as one minister, a brother, not a minister, a young man that just believed that he needs to be a fasting Christian. So he fasts a lot, eating very little. Some people don't take fasting seriously, so they don't fast at all. And they begin to condemn this one that is fasting so much. Saying, right, God, we don't, we don't, God or something, you are going to be closer to God. That condemning one another is what Apostle Paul is addressing it. The same with the one that is fasting, Lord, can children begin to condemn those that are not fasting as much and think about it, they are lukewarm. Oh, there is no, don't, don't judge them. They have been accepted by the Lord. If God wants them to fast, God will put it in their heart. And if they are not, res, not uh, responding to the Lord, God knows how to deal with them. Because He has given one in the scriptures, you are neither cold nor hot, I will spoon out of my mouth. But that should just be between them and the Lord. So we don't begin to condemn one another to the point that we are becoming, we are, there are no more fellowshipping with one another wholeheartedly. That is what Apostle Paul is referring to in this, in this story that let he that eats, don't despise him that eat not. Let him that eats not, judge, don't judge him that is eating, for God has received him. Verse 4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be old enough, for God is able to make him stand. So that's why I say it is between that person and the Lord. Whether he is on fire for the Lord or he is lukewarm, God will do it. We can teach the word of God, we can preach it, because God put teachers in the body of Christ to exhort us, to fire us up, to make us to be, to be, to be challenged. That is the work that God has put in the body of Christ, that he put teachers there, he put pastors there, he put evangelists and prophets, they come with sound, sound messages, 
that we fire up the believers. So that is the job that is, is going to happen. The, if some believers are not fired up, they are not responding, whether it's between them and the Lord. Though God knows how to deal with them. But we should walk in love, not condemning one another. That's what Apostle Paul is referring to. You see, God is able to make him stand. Verse 5. One man hated one, one man estimated one day above another, another estimate esteem every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now this is applicable in our generation because in this generation there are some denominational groups that said you must keep the Sabbath day as Saturdays. That's when you are expected to watch they call them seven day Adventists. Okay, they were adamant that only Sabbath day Saturdays when people should be meeting in churches and so on and so forth. But that is what Apostle Paul is addressing. So somebody keep one day and esteem one day higher than other days say that. And the other one just say, every day to me is the last day. Let me just serve the Lord every day of my life. Say, don't condemn one another is what Apostle Paul is saying. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. You say, well, who is right? You may not even, you may think you are right by saying it is Saturday, it is Saturday. Or you may think you are right by saying every day is just because we just meet at the time we can afford. You see, but don't turn that into war between groups to the point that they are no more fellowship with one another. Say we have to love one another. God is interested in love, love one another, because those are becoming they say that's a doctrine. That's doctrine. Doctrine is important. You must have, we must uphold one doctrine. But you see, that was what the Pharisees were doing in their generation, and they were so doctrinal that they turned the their what we call tradition to doctrine. The traditions that were handed over to them become a doctrine. And if you are not following that doctrine, they think you are not serving God right. And that was how they missed the Messiah when he came. By putting forth their tradition as if that is the doctrine. God commands you to do it this way. Whereas it is just a tradition. God didn't command them to do it that way. It is just tradition that was passed down it become law. So that is the danger. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Verse 6. He that regarded the day, regarded it unto the Lord. And he that regarded not the day, to the Lord he does not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not. And giveth God thanks. Verse 7. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Verse 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. This is talking to Christians now. So if you are not a Christian that is listening to this, you need to first come and accept Christ and be born again. And then you are part of the household of faith. So because when we are in our household, see, and the Father is addressing his household, it's different from how he's going to address those who are not in his household. This is household discussion now between believers in the Lord. He said, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Verse 9 says, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. You see, the logic is going to judge both those who are living and those who are dead. So that is why those who have died in faith in Christ, they are resting in paradise. And the Lord, Jesus Christ is still the Lord of them over there. He can appear in paradise anytime he wants to and talk to anybody and deal with anybody. Just like he is appearing in this physical world to we that are believers. And can talk to us and be dealing with us is the Lord of the dead and the living. Verse 10. So, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now that's why I say we, we are talking about the household of faith now. We believers, every one of us are going to stand individually 
at the judgment seat of Christ. That is, every time people will die and pass on, they stand at the judgment seat of Christ, right, for themselves. Not that they are at the end of the world, they are all going to stand like that. As each person dies and leaves this planet and leaves this world in death, they go and stand at the judgment seat of Christ and where they shall be judged right there by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Jesus Christ said, every knee shall bow to him. And then at the end of the world, of course, there will be that same judgment that is coming for the, for the world. But this is all the judgment seat of Christ for the believers. Now verse 11. For it is written, as I live, say the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So that is, I'm not going to give account of my wife. I'm not going to give account of my sons or my daughters. I'm going to give account of myself and how I serve the Lord and what I do while I'm here or not. That is what I'm going to give my account of myself to the Lord. And you are going to give account of yourself to the Lord. So that's why he said, stop judging one another. Verse 13 says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. So this is for the believers. Stop judging one another. Just love them and pray for them. He say, well, that man has committed adultery. I heard about that pastor is stealing money from the coffer of the church. Pray for them. If you are opportune to bring counsel to them, the Bible says, if any of if any of your brothers have of offended or fallen into offense, you that are spiritual, go and meet him, try to convert him, try to bring him to 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 the to the truth of the word of God in in, in love. Try to do that in love. That's what the Bible says. If he will not to listen to you, then you take one more person and approach him or her and let and resolve it in love. If you not listen to them, then let him be like you tell, tell the church after that. If you not listen to the church, then let him be like a like an unbeliever to you. Just leave me alone. That's what it means. Leave me alone. And just follow the Lord. So the Lord has put that precept in his body, in his church, how to deal with situations, issues that may occur in his household. You first approach the person one on one. If he refuses to obey to the agree with you, he thinks he is right, then take one person with you that both of you agree that the Bible is saying it this way. Then you approach the person and say, this is what the Bible says, at the mouth of two witnesses, everyone should be established. If he doesn't agree with both of you, then you tell the church, I mean your local church. This is what this fellow has done. We believe he's wrong according to the scriptures. And he refused to agree with us. If the local church agree that, yeah, that is the correct thing, this man is wrong. And he refused to agree with the church, then let him just not be part of you. That's what I say. Let him be like an unbeliever. Keep him off of your group. Okay. Verse 14. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that estimate anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, this earlier verse, Apostle Paul is now bringing down to the meat and the eating and the drinking that they were discussing in their generation. Because the Jews were saying they must not eat this kind of meat. If the meat is offered to idols, they are not, they are not to eat it, which is the normal laws of the, of the Jews. And Moses wrote down to them. That some meat are unclean. But the logical says it's not the physical meat. What you eat in your mouth does not make you unclean spiritually. It might make you sick. 
physically as a as a physical body, but somebody that is sick and die of that sickness doesn't mean he's going to hell because he, he die of sickness. No. The thing that defies people that separate them from God is not the sickness, it is sin. Sin could bring sickness, of course, but it's not saying the sickness is going to send the man to hell. Sin is what will send people to hell, which is what Christ was saying that it is what comes out of the heart of man, which is sinful nature, adultery, evil thoughts, fornication, stealing. All those things they are coming from there because people have to decide to go do it from their soul, from their heart, they are planning to go do evil. That is what separates people from God, that is sin. It's not what they eat or what they drink. You say, well, can I eat anything, can I drink anything? You can eat anything and drink anything as long as you you're not, helping, you're not helping your body if you drink something that is going to hurt you. You're not helping your body if you eat something that is going to cause sickness in your body. That is wisdom. See? That does not separate somebody from God as if, as if to send him to hell. But it may make the person sick also if you eat the wrong thing. But he said the one that is separate somebody that makes somebody be defiled in the eyes of God is the sin that is coming from the heart. This is a behavioral thing. See what I'm saying? So that's what Apostle Paul is referring to here when he went to when he was talking in verse 14, 15, and 16. He said, It's not the meat. Your meat does not bring you closer to God or separate you from God. If God wants you to fast and you're not fasting, that's disobedience. That's not really, it's not the food that is separating you from God, it is the disobedience, which is an habit, an attitude. And he said, But don't destroy people because of your meat in verse 15. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. That is, if you are eating this thing and this fellow thinks that thing is not, it's not, it's not right. The fellow thinks you are already this, and that is conscience sake. Apostle Paul dealt with that in another year when he began to talk to the Corinthians. Because they all have the same issue. The Corinthians, the Romans, they are all Gentiles. And he was dealing with them because this issue of should they eat this meat was being brought from the Jews that were raised that way, that was how they were raised and they don't eat this kind of meat and that becomes their tradition and their custom and they are trying to superimpose upon the Gentile that didn't know anything about those and Apostle Paul is saying well, it's that we have to know the, the letter kill it it is the spirit of what God was saying that we need to understand so it's not the meat that makes us to be unclean before God of course it can make you lose fellowship with other bread that don't like that kind of meat also because they think you are you are, you are not right by just eating pig or this kind of meat. See? But that is on the physical level. But you say, if, I, if the meat will make, me, make my brother offend, I would rather not eat the meat just to make peace. So those are all the things someone has to balance when it comes to discussion around what I should eat, what I should not eat. And you can't extend this far too, too far. You have to look at the letters because someone will say, well, can we apply that to what we put on our dressing? Like people say, God does not care whether you what you put on, but God cares whether you what you dress, the way you dress is affecting the other brother. He said, then you are not walking in love. If I dress in a provocative way, that the person next to me is begin, becoming lustful and committing sin through the eyes, because Bible just said, if a man look on a woman to lust after you have already committed adultery with that woman in your heart. You see, so if that woman was the one that dressed provocatively that made this man to lust after her, 
then that man is committing adultery in his heart with this woman. So they are, it takes two people to commit adultery. They say, well, this woman didn't know anything about it, but she knows about it because she was dressing that wrong way. You see, that is why you might say, if my behavior is making my brother to offend, I better change that behavior because then I'm no more walking in love. So you can apply it in that, on that level. Of course, if this fellow unbeliever has devil in them, no matter how this person dress, that devil is always bringing you, but that you are free from that. If you are not the one that is provoking it, also, you are free from those condemnation because the devil can always bring accusation. But see, God is looking at your heart, seeing what is the motive here. What is your motive? Somebody went and go to the stores and you see this so revealing clothes and you, you love it and you want to buy it, you want to put it on. What is the motive? God is going to be looking at your motive. I, 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 if he reminds you that in your heart it puts in your mind that this is not Christianly. And you say, oh, if you make eyes turn when I put on, eyes return, that's your motive then. Eyes return. That is what God is looking for. God sees the motive. The motive is wrong, you are wrong. You see? No matter what dress it is, maybe it's not really revealing, but you are thinking your motive is to make eyes turn when you when you walk in the, into the occasion. Well, that is your motive to provoke other people to turn their eyes when they see when they see you dressed like this. So that's why you have to balance the word of God and make sure you you have a pure conscience towards God because God searches the arts and the reins of man and woman. Verse 17 of Romans chapter. 14 say, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in this things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Verse 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. You understand that? Actually, between one another. And things wherewith one may edify another. So let us follow that which make for peace. And things we are which we edify one another, making one another better. Verse 20. For meat, destroy not the work of God. He said, For meat, because they are addressing what they eat, what they shouldn't eat. That's what the topic of this discussion that he was presenting. But I'm just expanding to other areas because we can apply some of these things in other aspects of our, of our relationship with one another in the body of Christ. See, for me, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure. But it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. What does it mean by eating with offense? That is, what's your motive here? And if what you are eating is going to make the other man that is looking at you there be offended. Why? Because he thinks you shouldn't be eating this kind of a thing. It's not Christianly. And he's already getting offended. Or he's thinking that, well, maybe if you can eat it, I can eat it also. When his conscience is saying it's not right. Because people sometimes they imitate what they see in some so-called ministers. If that minister is looking for his, uh, I remember talking to somebody one time. I was witness to somebody, and he said, "Well, I, I was talking about smoking cigarettes. He said, Even our priest smokes cigarettes. That's why he is smoking cigarettes. Where well, he's, he's taking example from his priest or his pastor, because they smoke cigarettes. So it's, to him, it's, it's okay if he can smoke cigarettes. Well, smoking cigarettes is what you put in your mouth." But is it good for your body? Is it good for your body? When even the surgeon general on the of the on puts it on the packet that this thing can cause cancer for your body. Somebody say, well that's just sickness. Yes. But 
our body is the temple of the living God, is what the Bible says. So anyone that defiles the temple of God, God will destroy that person. So if something you are doing is to destroy your body, do you think you are helping God out? No, you are not helping God out. So if something you are putting in your mouth, in which you know and they say, they tell you that this is cancerous, can defile your body, and you know it's an evil habit, and you are, you are, you are still doing it, then you are defiling your temple, you are not helping your body. You are trying to destroy the temple of God where God says He dwells in your body. So that is what you, how you can apply that and say, if anything that is going to affect my body negatively, I better don't do it right because my body is expected to be the temple of the living God. So that is how you apply. But if you, somebody is looking at what well, the pastor is doing, that's why I'm doing it, is copying the pastor. That's why Apostle Paul says, if meat will make my brother to offend, I will not eat. So all these appear to me, but it is evil for that man who eat it with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. How does your brother stumbleth? Because he's copying you. He said that if that brother can do it, I can do it also. You see? Then you are making him to stumble. You maybe you yourself are already stumbled and falling, but you're becoming a bad example for those who are not stumbling because they are thinking, well, if that brother can do it, if that pastor can do it, if that preacher is doing it, maybe I can do it also. And they begin to do the same thing. They themselves will stumble. And then you will be their fault of stumbling. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. It is neither it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbled or is offended or is made weak. As thou fit, have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he allow. Mm-hmm. That's a very deep statement. That is, if you don't condemn yourself in what you say, I allow this thing because I, your conscience tells you that it's okay to do this thing. And if you are, that does not mean it is wrong, it's right or wrong. God is going to judge that. But when you are doing it, and you are influencing others, by they seeing you do this habit. If you are wrong, you are, drink, you are dragging them into the same error. That's what this you have to remember. You may say, but I'm right. Oh, well, I'm right. Like somebody confronted me and said he thought he was right to marry, and he's a born again believer, and he said he's marrying two or three wives. Why? Because his first wife didn't obey. So that was his reason, motivation. Like that is your motivation, the reason why you went to marry second, married to not just committing adultery now. You went and married second one, and married third one to make it legal, okay? And other people are trying to copy him. You see, now if he is wrong, he's dragging other people that are copying him into error, and they are going to all be judged, and he's going to be responsible for it. If they all go to hell, he's going to be responsible for it. You see, he said he's right. He's right. Well, if he is right, good luck to him. So those are the type of things people have to to consider. Are you are you are you basing your faith on the fact that this man says he's right when your Bible is saying otherwise? So check the scriptures because you are going to stand before God. Every person is going to stand before God before the judgment seat of Christ. Of course, you also will be responsible for some of those who you lead astray. When believers are disobedient to the Lord and not obeying his precepts completely, he allowed them to be delivered unto Satan for the destroying of the body. That means, instead of fulfilling the years and having long life, they suddenly get cut short. That has been reported in the, in, I mean, in the churches of the living God, among even ministers of the gospel. Some ministers never live their life through. Instead of reaching the age of 70, 80, 90, some of them just get, suddenly get killed at the age of 40. That's not God that caused that. It is the devil that caused that. But the God allow them to be taken away 
when they are refusing to obey the precepts of God as we are putting here, either they are influencing others to do evil because they are becoming a stumbling block to other believers, new believers. Why? Because they are seeing and saying, if that minister can do it, they can do it also. And that is how they get delivered unto Satan. God Himself will deliver them unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Then they will, their soul will be saved, they will be as true fire because they are going to stand before God and and tell all the, all the things they have caused others to stumble because of their behaviors and, that, and why they were cut short, their life is cut short. That has been reported in our generation that many individual people or ministers have been cut, their life have been cut short, not, not, not allowing them to grow to old age. When we should be growing to old age, if Christ continues to tarry, we should be growing to old age as believers that follow the Lord. Because we long life. Long life is what God promised. The long life will not satisfy Him. We that are following Him, we that are walking in His ways. We should have long life. We say, the number of your days I will fulfill. Go and look at the Psalm 91, the last few verses. It's a blessing of God when we have long life. But when people are cut short for accident or disease, at the age of 40, at the age of 50, that's not long life. Not even 60, it's not even long life. So, when things are happening like that, we should shake ourselves and say, Lord, is there any way I'm offending? Am I becoming a stumbling block to anybody? Am I doing something that others are imitating me and I'm dragging them into offense? Have mercy upon me, Lord. And repent. And tell the others that you are what you have been doing is wrong so that they can correct their ways. Then God will forgive. Because God forgive immediately once you repent. And then we have the long life that we should inherit as believers in Christ Jesus. I pray that this exhortation will, will embolden some people to repent and to live the life of Christ. God bless you. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Tune us again next week. God bless you.